Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 39 of the Velocity Podcast. My friend, how are you today? I'm sore. I've got DOMS and I hurt, but my mind is great. My mind is great, but yeah, my body is broken. You've got like a score them out of 10 for me. So in terms like 10 is perfect, feeling incredible. Zero is I'm I'm on the floor dead. What's where are you at with each body and mind? Um mind, I reckon I'm a good nine. I'm feeling very, very good. Um body and probably a two. That's pretty dire, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm probably not quite as, as, as buzzing as you, but I think I, I'm feeling pretty at 7.8 on the, on the mind side. And then body, I'm, I'd say a good a good five. I've also got doms, but I don't think they're as extreme as yours. Why are you so sore? Uh, so we play um, a charity football match every year for a, a friend of mine uh, that passed away, unfortunately, to bowel cancer a number of years ago. And I don't play football anymore. Um, I play squash. And it's amazing how many how differently you use your body in different sports so i i played a match a 90 minute match on a 4g surface on saturday uh, left wing up and down up and down up and down and i think the problem is my fitness was good i'm fit like i, I can i can run all day long because of squash but the the way in which you move in football is completely different to that of squash and so everything hurts. My calves, my quads, my hamstrings, my glutes, my lower back, my obliques, my shoulders, like everything is so sore. Um, and I went to the gym this morning, sort of like struggled to put my trainers on, but sort of went there anyway, just thinking this will getting me moving will be so much better. Yeah. And it was, uh, yeah, it was hard work. It was hard work, but I'm, but I'm good. I'll be feeling, I'll be feeling fine in a couple of days and it was good, good fun to play. Nice. Yeah, I've been, um, so yeah, my soreness comes from a little, just a simple bit of solo practice, both physically and technically on, on Sunday on the court. And I was um, a little bit, um, a little bit sore, but, um, but feeling, feeling good for it. And I think one of the, one of the lessons I've learned from this, you're actually going to connect a little bit to what we're going to chat about today, is, is I spent this weekend mostly um, not like doing loads, doing loads of like the basic stuff in life. And trying to create space in my home and in my head. I think both are very connected for me. I don't know about you, but when, when things are tidy and in order at home, like my mind is a lot clearer. Same thing with like a, you know, say about a tidy desk and a tidy office, tidy mind. Um, but I did that this week and it allowed me, once I'd cleared the decks, I could start to like look forward and plan ahead a lot more. And that, that's when I'm, I'm feeling much more in control of um, what I'm doing to improve my mind and improve my body. Mm. Yeah, so true. So true. When you're feeling shit about yourself or you know there's lots of other things that need to be done in your personal life, it's really difficult to like fully apply yourself to your to your work or in any activity, isn't it? It's really tricky. And you can I think you can put it off for a period of time. Like you can you can kind of just ignore the mess for a while. And when things are a bit crazy elsewhere, you can push through it, but it's still there and it's kind of nagging away at you. And I think one of this this weekend and perhaps the last week for me was a lot about trying to clear some of those decks. I've still got more to do and it's going to get better for me in that respect. But yeah, you're right. Like at some point you're going to have to deal with it. And then that's, that will clear any fog or I referred to it as smog the other day to a client. That smog will go away and then you'll actually be able to move forwards. And that's yeah. how I'm doing it. We're all human. We are all human. So um, a pretty good segue, actually. That was very unprepared, but cleverly done. Um, 
We're going to be talking about the perfect week, right, today? The perfect week is the name of a training that Craig and I put together for our clients, and we're, we're going to talk about it with you today so that you can hopefully take something from this and apply it to your own world. Um, we need to define a few things before we dive into some of the key nuggets that we want to share. And I think the reason why I wanted to talk about this today is it's so, so relevant in both of our lives because we've gone through quite a lot of change in our lives over the last few months, but also the last two years, things have dramatically changed for both of us. And it's the same for everyone. The only constant is change. And the perfect week is about how you proactively change the relationship you have with time on a weekly basis in order to match up with what's going on in your life personally and also what's going on in your business business right now and where you want to take it to. And so Craig, Craig maybe just for the for the like the definitions and reminders of people, what are the three types of time that we need to be or activity that we need to understand to piece this thing together? Yeah, sure. I think the, the funny thing about a topic like the perfect week is we could probably talk about 25 to 30 different things. So we're just going to we're going to pick out and highlight a few a few. But the three most fundamental um, ways in which you should distribute your time if you are a personal trainer running your own business. There's going to be certain parts of your week that are going to be uh, allocated completely for working what we call in the business. And that's everything that you're doing. One of the ways I like to, to term it is everything that you're doing that's making you money right now. So that's training clients, writing programs, messaging them, speaking to Carol about the extra apple that she ate last night. All of those different things that you do that are serving your current clients and allowing your business to, to exist and to do what it needs to do to pay the bills today. That's the first thing. The second thing is on the business. On the business is very well defined as all of the things that you're doing that are going to make you more money later or a better organized business later. It's sitting down and not being the personal trainer and instead being the business owner and creating strategy, creating some new projects, ways in which to generate leads, ways in which to organize things better, ways in which you can serve your clients to a better level ways in which to streamline something that's currently taking a lot of your time. That's what we call on the business work. And then the third one is out of the business. And this is anything that's not to do with you as a personal trainer, both in and on. So this is you being with family, being with friends, training, playing your favorite sport, going and watching a movie, hitting 10 pints with your friends down the pub, whatever the thing is that you that you want to do outside of work. So we have in, we have on, and we have out. And those are the three ways you spend your time. So I think we, we create this system, and the reason why we both love it so much is it's actually very simple, but the really where the magic happens in this, and if, if you're listening or watching us on this today, it's probably not the first time you've heard us talk about the perfect week. So um, that should tell you something in itself. But... You've only got so much time, and so as your as your life and your journey goes on, life life evolves and your journey goes on, the relationship between these three categories will will change. And so, what the the first key point is that this needs to be continually reviewed because, as I said at the beginning, the only constant is change, right? And your uh, all the, the kind of the, the circumstances that you find yourself in today, the forces that are acting on you, are always in flux, and so you have to pause. And we do, we, we recommend our clients, you and I both do a weekly review to ensure that we are 
um, staying attuned to this. And then once a month is what we recommend is that you do more and more um, significant review on how and when you're spending time on, in these three places. And I think a great example for, for, for you and I, like for me, when Bella came on my daughter, like that meant I was spending more time out of the business. Right? You take time off uh, in paternity, and then I was spending more time supporting her and my wife and, and enjoying that time of life, right? And then also you've got times when we, when we were starting Velocity and we were just spending so much time launching this new thing off the ground when we were running businesses, that you know, other businesses at the same time. So our on and in were like way high, which meant our out had to come down. And so there's this relationship between each type where sometimes you'll be in a situation where one of them has to go up. But if one goes up, another one's got to come down, right? Mm. Yeah, exactly. And and there's been a there's been a very recent shift for me in that my my kids have got that little bit older now. So for me, my perfect week was always um, doing my on the business work quite late at night. You know, I had I had energy at that time. I was maybe a little bit younger, um, and I was taking the opportunity that my children were asleep and um, they weren't bothering me in the day. I didn't need to be like to their every call and every demand. So. I had to wait till they were asleep and then I could work on the business. And I think more recently that's changed because my kids can entertain themselves a little bit more now and I can come back to sort of slightly more reasonable working hours. But I kind of didn't realize that until I did my review of the perfect week and was listening in on, on actually one of the lectures that were for our for our coaches um, by one of the one of the practitioners at Total Mental Performance talking about your your peak performance hours. And it struck a chord with me. And I thought, well, actually, I need to review my perfect week because I'm, I'm saying that I'm going to do a lot of work up here. But I don't think I'm working at my peak here anymore. I think my peak is earlier and I've got no barrier to that now. So that requires a shift in your perfect week. Yeah. And that kind of brings me on to the second point, which is that the perfect week is not like a it's not like an exam where you could look over somebody's shoulder and copy their answers to get it right. Yeah. The perfect week is is got to be perfect for you. It's an independent thing where you have to kind of weigh up your own individual ambition, your goals, your lifestyle, your partnerships, your friendships, your families, all of those different things. And you have to create a week that works for you. There is absolutely no right or wrong. It just has to work. And you might have to work at it in order to find the right week for you. Mm. Yeah, that's so, that's so important, isn't it? And so I think reflecting on this, that it's you and I had a good chat this morning. Like we're going through this. Um, we've, we've had a lot going on in the last few months. So we're sort of in that settling phase in a way of, of some crazy stuff that's been going on for Velocity. And so you and I are in discussions now about what our next priorities are. And we're now reorganizing things and building new systems in the business to give us the capacity to be able to do to, to go on the next journey. And mm -hmm. so there's definitely a... You know, this is a journey that you're going on and, and sometimes things are going to be like crazy there's lots going on and I, like that chaos is actually a really good sign because it means that you've been making a lot of change you've been exiting your comfort zone and having to learn new stuff and work your way through new things so that discomfort that chaos often is a good sign that you've been stretching yourself yeah but you can't stretch yourself forever you can't just continuously be on the edge right because by like a bit like the training principle it's like being absolutely smashing yourself physically for week on week, week after week after week and at some point you're going to need some recovery time so that your body can just reset and then you can go again and that's why the, the, the monthly review principle and the personal element that we've mentioned are so crucial and need to be appreciated together because if you get it right and you can 
apply these these principles to you and your situation now and continuously going forward and then do that regularly then you'll never be too far out of sync with what has to be done in your week relative to your own personal goals and situation yeah yeah it's so true it's such an important um such an important task i think a lot of people when we first give them this to do it's a relatively underwhelming task for them yeah. when they when they first <laughs> You just give me a, a worksheet with the calendar in it. Huh? Yeah, I thought you guys were meant to help me grow my business, but <laughs> I, I don't think there's ever been a. I don't think there's ever really been a time where people haven't taken it away, actioned it, really understood what it's about, done the full training, you know, correlated it towards their income, which we're going to get to in a second, mm. and then come back and gone, wow, that's really useful. And in fact, we now get a lot of coaches that have been on the program for a little while answering their own questions when they come to us, and they say. I think I need to go back and review my perfect week. And we're like, yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> um, and just one little thing on the title, the perfect week. We're not idiots, right? We understand that that week isn't going to happen. Well, yeah, debatable. It is <laughs> um, that, I, that, I, just, I just accidentally took the piss out of myself there. <laughs> just made yourself sound like a real idiot, ironically. <laughs> yeah, I did, um, the, the perfect week is, is an ideal situation. So it's unlikely that your perfect week is going to be lived exactly in that way every single week or even for one week. But mm -hmm. we have to set the bar high. We have to go out with the intention that this is what my week is going to look like. And if it says I'm going to work on the business and I get offered a haircut by my hairdresser in the middle of that time frame, it's not an option. It's as important as if I've got a client booked in or a consultation booked in. I'm going to be sitting down working on my business. So that's that's out, I'm afraid. And if you can treat it with that level of seriousness, it can be a really powerful tool. Mm. There's two little quotes that came to mind. I hope that my brain is retaining while you were talking. One was actually something like an old client told me, and she said, perfection is a moving target. Mm. And I thought about that. I thought about that for quite a lot, quite a long time. And I think the fact that, you know, we called it perfect, which is a bit nuanced, really, but it's very difficult to hit a moving target. It doesn't mean we shouldn't strive for perfection because you know we always you know perfection depends on how you define it. But it's like being your being the perfect, the, the most perfect version of you that you can imagine in that moment is probably a more less catchy but more accurate statement. But because it's a moving target because shit's always changing, which is the whole only constant is change thing. And so again, it, that 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 is something that brings in my brings to my mind. And the other one I knew I. There's another point which I'll probably remember in a moment, but yeah, it's so it's it's really important to continually review review because it's never it's never stationary. Um, I think I think the other point I was making was um, about the standard to which you hold yourself. Right, we always want to do like reach the best that we can in that moment, but that's always changing. Yeah. Yes. Well. Yeah. That's so true. That's so so true in so many different ways. So many different ways. So um, the third point about the perfect week, and this is a little bit of a a bugbear of mine, I guess, which is the correlating time and your financial ambition together. And probably the best way to kick this off is to talk about the opposite of that. The opposite of that would be just deciding how many hours a week you want to work. And then in a completely different thought, sort of uh, thought experiment, talking about how much money you want to earn. And never actually looking at putting those two things together, especially as a face-to-face -face personal trainer in your first 12 to 18 months of business. And actually correlating that and saying, well, if I'm going to grow this thing 
and I want to grow it to that level, and that's where I want to end up, I need to reverse engineer that and look at how much time that's going to take to get me to that place. And the reason it's a bugbear of mine and, and a, um, a real frustration is I talk to so many trainers and this is like nobody's fault. I'm not saying this is it's frustrating to hear them say it like shame on them. I'm saying it's, it's frustrating that this kind of educational part of it is not there unless we're able, unless we're able to influence and speak to trainers because it must be going on on a much bigger level if it's happening to the hundreds of coaches that we speak to mm. is this kind of like inability to join the dots between those two things and to see the work that needs to be done in order to create the business that you want to get and so they're, they're spending maybe one to two hours a week working on their business they're spending maybe you know an hour or two trying to attract new leads but they have ambition to make £10,000 a month and they're frustrated that they're not making headway. Mm -hmm. And at some point, we need to correlate those two things together, right? Mm. One of the things that hold, holds a lot of people back that get frustrated us a little bit, to say the least, is that they think, they say, oh, the time, but I don't want to trade money for time, time for money. I don't want to trade time for money, is the thing. And the thing is, like when, when you're starting out and starting out, like you haven't really, you're not fully booked and you haven't, you're not earning at least £5,000 a month as a trainer, then that's exactly what you need to do. <laughs> so you need to bear in mind what you said in that you need to figure out how much time I am willing and I can give towards this thing because that will absolutely correlate to how much money you can earn. And then I need to get really good at trading my time for money because people are like, I don't want to do it. It's like, well, you haven't. Like that's the first stage in, in, in any journey. You need to give your time because that's what you have in exchange for money. And then over time, sorry, mate, you want to go in? Well, I was just saying that never changes, right? Really, yeah. when you, there's no such, when people say like, oh, I just don't want to put my time. I just want to, I want passive income. Passive yeah. income, passive income is bollocks. Unless you've, like, unless you've invested a lot of money into the stock market or something along those lines that's literally giving you a return. Even if you're, uh, you know, if you look at the, the end of, of our journeys as, as coaches, where you have a team of personal trainers underneath you, we were still trading our time for money. It was just a much higher return for a lot less time. Well, that, that's that's exactly the game. So you trade as much time as you've got, which is kind of your point. Like, let's 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 get the time clear first. Yeah. As much time as, you, as you've got for what you're worth, to, worth today, which might not be a lot. And that's OK, because you've got to build up value in yourself. And then once you've maxed that out, which is the first stage, being fully booked, then, then you work on becoming more valuable. And you become more valuable by build, bringing team members around you or improving your service, getting better results for less effort on the client's part. Or you build better systems of support using technology. And, being, and you know, there's, other, there's lots of ways of becoming more valuable, but in doing so, you, you still trade time for money, but you just trade less of it for the same money or, or the same amount of time for more money. And you just keep going on that journey. And the more valuable you become, because you invest back in yourself, in coaching, in mentorship, in education, in learning, then you just keep climbing the ladder, so to speak, right? So it's always trading time for money. It's just how, what's the trade? That's ultimately the question. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, yeah, that's the key point, making sure that we correlate those two things together. Yeah, exactly. Time for the big one. Let's move on to what everyone's been waiting for, as always. Get over that bollocks. Let's talk about fun facts. I'm not yeah, sure my Okay. This this one this one struck me because in the in the fitness space, we always talk about um nutrition and we talk a lot about the fact that nutrition has been um 
manipulated quite a lot over the years by um, by processed food, by people sort of um, people's diets being thrown off track, and everybody sort of fucking around with with natural food. Yeah. So so here's one for you. Um, the packaging problems of round fruit can be solved by making them square. So much so that in Korea, apples are grown in plastic molds so that they take on a square shape. So that they can stack the apples on top of each other and pack them more efficiently. Oh, right. I see. That's so weird. Isn't it? I was trying to understand where you were going with that. So they actually, yeah. they, are you saying they make square apples? Yeah. I've got a picture of it here on my screen. They, they, They'll grow apples, but they'll put them in a in a square mold so it grows to a square shape, so that they can then stack them in squares more efficiently from a space perspective and, and get more of them out in the same containers. How fucked oh, up is that? That is weird, isn't it? That's like a, an example of where commercialism and enterprise attitude is like changing nature, literally changing nature. Yeah, that's mental. There you All go. right, we'll continue on the nature theme. I like there's a I think people who listen to this quite a lot will see the trend between my my facts, which is like a lot about geography and nature and like the physical world. This one, um, the heart of a blue whale, which is, if you didn't know, the largest animal on earth, is five feet long and weighs 400 pounds. Wow. The whale in total weighs 40,000 pounds, right? And then there's, a, there's an interesting like comparison here. So, the whale itself weighs 40,000 pounds, right? A man might weigh, what, 200 pounds, something like that, yeah? So, I mean, I haven't done the maths for you now, but what's that? That's like... 20%? Um, no, two, that'll be 200 times the size of a man. Oh, sorry, you're on about size, yeah, yeah, yeah. So two, like in weight, 200 times. And, yeah, like... The, the, the thing that I find hard to fathom is when you say stuff like that, how can you possibly imagine, like, in my garden right now, looking at how many of me could I fit in my garden? Like 200 me, 200 lots of me is, is fucking huge. And I think I'm just, I'm continually in awe about some of the size of animals or the size of the earth because it makes, it, it helps me remember how small and insignificant we really are. But I find that fascinating. Yeah, well, you've, you've been... Um... You've been on that train all day. We had a meeting this morning and you've basically finished the meeting with, well, let's just remember, we're going to die soon. <laughs> very poor, yeah, very true. finish to the meeting, but yeah, it's true. Yeah, it sounds quite somber, but it, it is true. Um, and I think it, on a, on a more serious note, it puts things into perspective. When, you, when you're worried or concerned about stuff um, and you realise that actually we're not here for that, that long a time on Earth and... Um, it forces you to have the real powerful conversations like how big a blue whale is and whether <laughs> yeah. people are packaging fruit in the right shape. Yeah, exactly. The really, the really, really life-changing, important conversations that happen yeah. here at the Velocity Podcast. And that's the best time to wrap up, I think. Ladies and gents, we hope you've enjoyed episode 39. We'll be back again soon for another episode. See you soon. Take care. Bye. Um, I don't know what, whether that recording will, will work or not. I don't know either. It froze, right? About um, yeah. as soon as we shifted to the fact. I don't know why. <laughs>